I really think you guys are going to love this episode. So I'm very excited because I had a guest, Dominique Benson, who I'll introduce in just a moment, on this podcast, and we talked about leadership within the family dynamics. And regardless if you are a parent or you define or identify yourself as a leader, I think you're going to find a lot of value in this podcast because you start to see one, misconceptions that you might have about leadership and really the things that we talk about, once you start actually exploring them and diving into them, it makes sense, but I think that it's just not talked about enough. So if you're raising a kid, then I think that you're really going to enjoy this and find a lot of value in it. So Dominique and I, we met through networking and I just immediately fell in love with her when it came to us talking about leadership and what she does for work. And I was fascinated by her kind heart, really, in terms of how she actually works with her students. Um, So she is the owner of Engaged Vines Academy, which um, is a tutoring company. And she does virtual tutoring, so it doesn't matter where you are. But she really takes this holistic approach with her students and provides so much more value than just helping them with their education, particularly what she does is um, science and math, so in the STEM fields. So Dominique R. Benson stumbled into teaching due to the encouragement of her undergraduate mentor. She is a trained organic chemist that fell in love with teaching via non-traditional methods. So she's definitely similar in terms of how I address things too, so this really fascinated me about her. She has performed research in multiple disciplines, including biology, biochemistry, physical chemistry, and microbiology, so she knows how to translate core concepts to real life. She's a proud graduate of the Xavier University of Louisiana with a double major in biochemistry and biology. Afterward, she attended University of Alabama at Birmingham and completed her master's in biomedical science by studying premature termination codons in cystic vibration fibrosis patients. Her eight years of research has prepared her for the ups and downs of teens attempting to navigate difficult concepts and subjects that seem to have little relevance to the real world. Her magic with students lies in understanding their perspective and breaking it down in a palatable way. She enjoys taking a student from unsure to confident and ready to take any exam. Dominique wants every kiddo to see the magic that lies within the STEM fields. And you guys, this is the thing that's just fascinating me about her is that you think, okay, she's a STEM tutor. Like you could think of that, but she offers so much more to her kids. And the coolest part is she intertwines this idea of leadership and teaches kids leadership skills. So without further ado, go ahead and hop into this podcast. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. You're listening to the Be Well, Be Wild podcast. I'm Jenny Wolf, and with over 13 years of coaching experience, I know a thing or two about transforming the way you live, love, and lead. If you're looking to wildly upgrade your life, relationships, productivity, mental, physical, spiritual well-being, then you're in the right place. My goal on this podcast is to show you how to authentically leverage greater well-being, connection, and leadership to create true joy and lasting success at home and work. 
Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, skills, and mindset shifts required to say bye to the status quo life and hello to being well and wildly successful. So I'm so excited because Dominique Benson is here and we are going to be talking about leadership within the family dynamic. And just because we're talking about it within the family family dynamic does not mean that if you are not using leadership within your family dynamic, but you're looking to up your level, your up level, your leadership skills when it comes to your work or even in your community that these skills that we're going to be talking about and the misconceptions that come along with leadership are still going to apply. You'll see how a lot of things that we're going to be talking about are translatable. And she um, is the queen of talking about leadership when it comes to looking at within the family dynamic. So I'm really excited. She wrote a book um, that is called The Best Leaders Are in the Pack. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that today, or probably a lot about that today. Um, so thank you so much for being here, Dominique. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> awesome. She's also, I know I said this in the intro, but she's also a CEO of the Engaged Minds Academy. Um, so we'll also be talking about her tutoring company. So if you're a parent that's thinking about getting tutoring, um, for their kid, you're going to definitely want to hear what she has to say. So let's go ahead and jump in. Um, so as you and I have been talking about, Dominique and I have had multiple conversations and we both get jazzed up about a few things. And I think it's important for us to just talk about what you think leadership is and some of those misconceptions that come along with that. Oh, yes. That's a perfect question. And I've had this conversation with multiple people in multiple scenarios. And when it comes to being a leader, and this is my personal definition, it is those people who have a positive influence and they know how to be great followers, which I think a lot of people forget. It's not about the typical leadership positions. It's about can you lead the group and also can you be a team player? So it's a nice balance between those two aspects. That's beautiful. And I think that that is a really interesting concept, right? So many people think about it's just the person that's on top, but not the person that's actually going along with everyone else and, and being a good team player. We often think it's just that person that's quote unquote leading the, the team. What would you say is someone that is a good follower? Oh, yes. I haven't gotten that question in a while. <laughs> um, so a good follower is somebody that knows how to essentially read the room. Um, because if you stop and think about it, if you're at a meeting or you're at a conference and the speaker says something that's kind of different, we're going to say that, you can look around the audience and you can see their responses. So you're paying attention to how that information was received. And Depending on that response, you may adjust accordingly or you may bring up a point that the leader may not have thought of because there's always pros and cons to everything. But if you're stuck in your way is the right way, you're never going to actually be a true leader. Yeah, I think you saying that 
you know, bringing up a point that the leader hasn't thought of. I think that that is such a common thing. I hear that with my clients a lot, you know, we'll be having a candid conversation about something and they'll be saying something about their boss or even about one of their coworkers and like all my love to them. Cause I totally get it. That's their, a safe place to do it. And you know, one of the things they're telling me this stuff and the thoughts that they have. And I'm like, Oh, have you had this conversation with that person? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, what if you brought that up, right? So these are the things that I think that sometimes we hold this stuff within. We tell our best friends and we tell our coaches and our therapists and our whoever, but we're often not having that same conversation. And this, I have seen this over and over again with my clients when they speak up and like they inspire a company to their, the company that they're working for to like change how they're doing things. And I think an important thing to remember within that is that, like you said, read the room, like you're probably not the only one thinking it, but you could be the one that's actually speaking up about it. Um, so I love that. I love that point of just thinking of it that way. And also like being a good follower, being a good team player, like what is actually going to create the win-win here? Um, and to not keep all that stuff to ourselves, because that's not going to be useful for anyone. I don't know. Definitely. You got to speak up. Speaking up is half of being a good leader. Because we know more about what's going on with our peers versus the manager or the CEO. Like we understand the nitty gritty and the day-to-day operations, whereas they may have never done it or they may haven't done it in years or technology has changed or whatnot. So you got to be willing to speak up because otherwise you will never be heard otherwise. Yeah. How is this translatable to, cause I know I brought up like the work scenario, but how is this also translatable within a family dynamic and being a good leader, being a good follower, this idea of speaking up all of it? Oh yeah. The family dynamic is always going to be the first leadership that any student has, any person has in reality, because you have, and I'm going to give just a generic example. You have parents and you have kids and depending on your lifestyle or your household you may have grandparents in there so as kids are growing up they're watching you they're seeing what you're doing they're seeing how you guys respond with each other a lot of times when I talk to my families the mom takes care of the education the dad takes care of the sports or extracurriculars so they've already divided what they're in charge of and so the kids are seeing okay they're dividing and conquering or the kids are seeing that Mom does this really well. So whenever this topic comes up, dad defers to her or vice versa. Like I know even me growing up, when it came to cars and whatnot, I'm going to call my dad. To this day, I still call him. It drives my mom crazy. <laughs> but before I buy anything to do with my car, I'm going to call him because I know that he's going to listen to me and he's going to take into account what I'm saying, what I need, and he's going to help me reach a solution. So as students, they're seeing their parents be leaders at all times, whether it's just taking care of the household, making a plan, making all the plans for dinner over the next week or so. Um, it's so many different aspects. I could go on and on forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think like this is something that, you know, probably as a parent, a lot of people don't think about initially, right? You don't think like your kids watching you and how, how you're going about the world, but it's like they are, they pick up on all this stuff. Um, and it doesn't mean we have to be, and I think perhaps this is, and this is probably something that you would agree with too, and we can talk about this, but like, 
I think that sometimes when I hear that, I'm like, oh my gosh, because I, you know, have a soon to be, I should say soon to be stepson, whatever we want to call him. I'm his bonus mom. Um, and, I love bonus mom. <laughs> and like, you know, when I hear that, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's watching me. And so where my mind goes is, okay, I have to make sure that I am perfect, but not human. You know, like I can't be human around him or something, but it's like, that is not true at all. And I think that this is like, you know, I stopped myself when I realized like, that's really fine. Like be human. Right. But that's, I think a misconception talking about misconceptions when it comes to leadership is that we have to be these like perfect human beings for our kids. And, and that's just, I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think that that's true? Yeah, it's so true. Like I, I have a love hate relationship when people go to say you're super mom or super dad. And I have to remind them they can have bad days too. And that's one thing that I try to emphasize to parents as well. Students have bad days as well. Even though they don't have as much responsibility, a bad day is a bad day if you perceive it as a bad day. So as a parent, it's extremely important to show those emotions because that's healthy. Kids need to see that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be upset. It's how you respond to it and how you don't let it take over your life. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think that's so important. Like when we're, I, I was thinking about this too. It's just like, we have to allow our human emotions because it's, they're experiencing them too, right? So if we grow up in a household where we're hiding all of that and we have to create this image or we're managing our image in front of our kids, then that is going to lead them to perhaps think that that's what they have to do, right? And they're, they're going to start to hide their emotions and not you know, be quote unquote human, you know, and it's like, no, it's important for us to show that and then say, I'm sorry, or do the thing that is whatever's appropriate and respectful and kind and, you know, human and being like, yeah, Hey, I messed up or like, yeah, I did this. And like, that wasn't, you know, great. And I could have done better. And like, but it's like, that I think is part of being a really great leader, whatever position you're in, whether that's your parenting or running a business and you do that with your employees or your coworker. Oh yeah. Admitting that you made a mistake or that you were wrong is one of the best qualities ever. And even if you're unsure about something, tell them, I'm not sure. Let me do some research. Let me find out. It's not going to make you seem like less of a person. And it actually makes you look better because you're able to say, I don't know everything. And as women, especially as a female business owner, you understand this the most. We're expected to have all the answers. You do not have to have them. <laughs> Same yes. thing with parents. Like, it's okay. Call your parent. Call a friend. Phone a friend is literally the best thing ever when you're stressed out. You just need a different opinion and you need another perspective because you feel like you have to be right and we do not have to. That's, that is the reason why therapists are so needed in the world because we have generations of being told you have to know this. You have to suck it up. You can't show emotion. You can't cry. And that is bad skills and bad coping skills, more specifically, that translate into your leadership style. And it translates into every aspect of your life. And it has to be dealt with at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it, it, we think that it's bad to admit that we're wrong or that we don't have all the answers, but it's actually unhealthy to act as if we do. And so, you know, if we're looking at having healthy relationships with other people, which I always think of leadership as quality relationships, it's like, mm -hmm. so wherever you want to have quality relationships, you, you know, need to exhibit leadership skills. So it's like, 
you know, what is the healthy option here? How can we bring this back into balance or harmony or whatever it is and to like restore like the health within the relationship and like transparency, you know, saying I don't have all the answers that I don't have it all figured out that whatever it is, even with your kids, it's important, right? Like you don't have to be super dad or super mom. Um, and I like that, that you said you referred to that, right? Cause it's like, you know, we all, you know, I'm sure all parents want that card, right? Like you want the card that oh, says yeah. you're super parent, right? But it's like, <laughs> I am, and I still have my flaws, right? <laughs> so yeah, that makes you more super. If you show your flaws and you acknowledge them, the kid is going to appreciate you even more because yeah. you're willing to be honest with them, despite the fact that they're in the third grade or junior in high school, whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. So, so what, you know, I'm really curious. I love this book that you wrote. What was, what sparked this idea for you to write this book? Okay. I can tell you a very specific scenario, but I'll start general first. Um, so part of my tutoring company includes college prep. So I do a lot of SAT and ACT preparation. And so when I'm onboarding a client, um, I ask them all the questions possible. And then I even sit down with the kid or the kid is there at the same time. And we discuss what they're doing, what they're looking for. Because the whole thing is we're trying to figure out what's their target score. And I like to get a well-rounded view of my families as a whole. And I remember I had one family and the daughter was very unsure of herself. And it took me a while to get all the answers out of her. But I just, I kept hitting her with questions more and more. And the mom trusted me because I worked with her other daughter. And she just felt like she was just, an everyday person. She didn't do anything special and all that. And it got to a point where we started talking about her extracurriculars. And she said that she was on the varsity team. And I said, hold up, you're a sophomore. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, that's not normal. <laughs> she did not realize that she was like doing a lot of great things and she would be considered a leader. Because stop and think about this. Whenever you have somebody who does something crazy and accomplishes things that it takes people 20 years to do and they do it in five years, you're going to look at them differently if it's somebody that's 25 years old doing it versus somebody that's 40 years old doing it. And that's the way I had to explain to her. I'm like, you're a leader already because one, you put in the work, the time, everything to be the captain of the varsity team as a 10th grader. That is amazing. And she was already doing other sports and she was balancing all this with an AV average. And I'm like, okay, let's think about this. <laughs> a lot of students don't even want the responsibility of being co-captain. They just say they want to be on the team and that's it and they're happy and that's fine. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but she didn't realize that she had all these great qualities that made her a leader because she just said, I'm doing it because I want to do it. Yeah, so with talking to her, I realized that there's a lot of kids out there that don't realize that they're leaders, even though they're not the captain or they're not leading the parade or whatever it may be, that they're doing a lot of great things. Because even just as a sophomore on the varsity team and one of the top teams in the state, she's already above the typical student, in my personal opinion. Wow. So, yeah. And so that... I mean, that's a really interesting thing to be thinking about when it comes to anyone in, in, 
anyone when, when like not giving ourselves credit or thinking that like, oh, I'm not a leadership or I'm not in a leadership position. So I'm going to kind of push away with that. Like, so maybe that's kind of a question for everybody to think about is not, are you a leader in your life, but how are you already a leader in your life, whether it's at home, at work, um, in your community, um, in your friend group, like, you know, it could be anything, right? Um, but how are you already leading and where do you have, um, influence on people? Because you do, it's just a matter of where are you influencing? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And I always think about people that come into positions and organizations that they're only there a couple of years and they've quote unquote risen to the top, but they've only been there a few years. And it may be somebody on the team that's been there 10 years. That person has been on that team for 10 years is still a leader. They just may not choose to be at the front or they just, they're happy where they are. Like you can be a leader at whatever place you're happy in, yeah. but a good leader is going to ask that person that's been there a decade. Have you guys done this before? Have you seen this happen? Heck, I hear my dad talk about it all the time with his job, how people come in and they want to change systems. But they haven't been there long enough to know that we just tried this system five years ago and it did not work. But had they asked somebody, they would have known and they could have saved themselves that time and that trouble and probably money had they just spoke with somebody on the team that's been there longer than them. Yeah. And that comes back to what you said earlier about like being a good follower too, like being a good teammate of just thinking like, oh, it's not leadership isn't about coming in and just like you know, paving your way. It's about doing it alongside other people, asking questions and, and, you know, kind of figuring out what has already been done. Because just like you said, I think that, that, that this is really interesting is that just because somebody is not in a leadership position, but they've been somewhere for a long time, you know, doesn't mean that they're not a leader. It's like, if we look at ourselves, we're all leaders, like everyone. So let's see how we can perhaps work together and, and do that together. I mean, I'm thinking about just this networking group that I'm in, you know, we've had different presidents every year, the, the president, the vice president changes. And I remember they had asked me to be a president one year and I was like, I haven't been here long enough. And there's people <laughs> that have been in the, the group for almost two decades. And, you know, I'm like, but they're like, no, we want you to do this. And I realized I'm like, okay, just because they're not in leadership positions doesn't mean that I can't depend on them. So that's actually why I chose to do it. Cause I was like, I can actually work with them and ask them questions. Like I had, and they, they even said that they're like, Hey, look, we want you to do this. We know you don't haven't been here in a long time, but like, you know, we're here to help you. And that I think is really interesting. of thinking about like being a leader that creates other leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so, okay. So tell me, cause I know I love the story, but tell me how, how did that end up you changing? Like, how did that end up leading into you writing the book? So I had always wanted to write a book. I had no idea what the topic was going to be, but we all say, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do that. It was on my list, but I kind of strayed away from it until I felt inspired. And at that time, when I met with that family, I was also meeting with multiple other families and just talking to them, I realized it was missing, like defining leadership in a non-traditional way was missing tremendously. And what parents don't know until they have a junior or senior in high school is that no matter what college you go to, one of your required essays will be a leadership essay. <laughs> I don't care what you think, what school you go to, you have 
to do something on leadership, whether it's a full-blown essay or a short supplemental essay, and the students struggle with it. They don't understand how to write about being a leader. Um, another prime example, I had a student that had been with an organization for, I think, four years. And she didn't realize that even though she wasn't the president, she was still leading certain um, volunteer Saturdays. She was heading the initiatives in the north area of our city. Like she was doing a lot of things that wasn't, quote unquote, a consistent leadership position. But when somebody needed her to step up, she stepped up. And so she was able to take her experience in that organization and write that into her leadership essay. And she talked about the ups and downs, how things changed, how weather affected events. She talked about every little detail and she had a very strong leadership essay and she just didn't see it in herself until I started asking her more and more questions and really tugging at the string to see what was gonna fall. <laughs> and now she understands that she doesn't have to do it in the typical way. She can still be a leader regardless. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I find that fascinating to be thinking about like that, you know, we have, it's almost like we think we have to have like the name or the title, right. In order to actually think that we're like the leader, but it's like, so I, what I hear in that is like the, these kids that had, everyone is leading in some way and they have to go write this leadership essay. And they're like, well, I don't have any leadership like mm -hmm. experience, but it's just the way that they're thinking of it. So you know, what I hear that you're doing with this book is like having people look at it actually differently. And what is really tr like true, truthfully what's happening, right? Is that these kids are <laughs> leading, especially if they're like applying to schools and they're even at that point, like that's, they have, you know, you have to be in some way you're in. And I always think of it this way too, it's like we're leading ourselves. So where are you already doing that? Like, where are you exhibiting these skills? But, um, I love that that's what inspired you to write this book because it's something that, I mean, every parent's going to probably have to go through, right, with their kid. And so it's like, if you're planting the seed, depending on well, however old your kid is, but if you're planting the seed with them at a young age that like, hey, you're already leading, these are leadership skills, this is what's important, this is what it looks like. It's not always having the title, having the cap, you know, being the captain of the football team or being, you know, the leader on, you know, this organization at school or you know, having those positions and you don't, you could strive for those for sure. Like that's great, but it, you don't have to have those in order to be important, you know, on, um, you know, have influence. Um, so, yeah. so you wrote this book to inspire kids or to inspire kids to look at leadership differently and also to support them to write these essays. Um, so what have you found that has been kind of like the impact with that when do kids like kids pick up and like read the book and then they're like, Oh, I get it. <laughs> I like making it into a conversation. Yeah. And so I encourage the parents who get the book to also read it, discuss yeah. this with your kids, just have general conversation like you would at the dining room table um, because they're still kids. <laughs> we know that our brains aren't fully developed until we're 25. <laughs> So they need a little bit of assistance, but I tried to write the book in a way that was conversational and I give a story at the end of each chapter. Um, I even have worksheets that I'm going to be publishing pretty soon just to help them with goal setting. Um, 
So it's not just about reading it because we can read something all day long, but until we apply it and really discuss it with somebody else, that's where the magic comes in at. Because a book to me is a blueprint. Because I'm not perfect. I'm sure there are things in this book I would love to go in and change right now because I've had new experiences. And so I try to remind my students that it's okay if your thoughts change. It's okay if you come at it from a different way that you never would have considered in the past. As long as you're doing something and you're implementing the things that you see that you feel will be beneficial to you, then keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that evolution piece is really important. It's like, you know, you know, I, I feel like that about some of the things that I, I write. I've ever written a book like you, but you know, it's like, I'll go back and read something that I wrote a year ago or something. I'm like, what was I thinking? I would change that. But it's like, that's where you were at. And there's people that are at that point that need to hear that message. Right. So it's like, it doesn't even make it like it's like good or bad or, you know, whatever. It's just like, it is what it is, but we have to take that action to know and like, and then evolve over time. So one of the things I'm sitting here thinking about, I'm like, we're talking about your book and I know we talked about engaged mind, engaged minds Academy briefly, but tell us a little bit about like this integration of what you have been doing with supporting kids or students, you know, to, um, develop these leadership skills, but how that kind of came about with your tutoring and what, you know, cause I feel like this is so interesting, right? I feel like you go above and beyond what you, you know, like you have a tutoring company, right? If we just like put it down, right? Like it was like, this is what it is. Right. But you do so much more than that. And I, what really, you know, intrigues me. And when we first talked about this was just that you take this holistic approach, but I'm curious, like, why? Because you don't have to do that, right? Like you could just teach the kids math and science, right? <laughs> why do you do that? So my number one thing is why not do it? Because I'm seeing some, well, most of my students I see on a weekly basis. And even with the tutors I have that work for me, most of our students are weekly. And you have somebody you're seeing every single week, you build a relationship with them, you know their life better. You talk about all types of things with them. You really get to know them as a person. And as the adult in the relationship, we want to pull so much out of them. We want them to be better than we were. We want them to see the opportunities that we never saw. So I've experienced a ton of things with my students. I've watched them go through parents divorcing, um, family members dying, like all the stress that they deal with at that level. We see that. And I believe in the mindset of it takes a village to raise a child. Being that parents have a ton of stuff on their plate. And that's if they only have one kid. I have families with six and seven children. <laughs> the parents are overwhelmed. They're tired. And I get it. But they know that when they give their students to my company for an hour, we're going to take care of them like they're our own. And education is only a piece of it. Because they learn these things in class and it's great, but there are still a lot of things missing from my education system. So, and especially with my high schools, I emphasize with them, you have to take ownership of your education because guess what? If you decide to go to trade school, to the military, to college, wherever you go, your parents are not going to sit there and wake you up every morning. They're not going to check and make sure you did your homework. They've expected that they raised you to be the best person that you can be and you got to take it further. So, no, I'm not going to call your mom every time we have a session. I expect you to be on the session with us. If you need reminders, I will send reminders. But it's your life. 
And the sooner you start thinking about that, the better off you are in the future. Because we all know that in 20 years, they're going to be the ones running everything. So I want to do the best I can do right now so that I feel confident in them when they decide they want to be a police officer or they want to be an engineer or meteorologist, whatever it is they want to do. I want to support them now so that they can think about that in the future and make the best decisions possible and be great leaders in their community. Wow. Yeah, I think that that is just I mean, I'm so impressed, first of all, that you you do this because it's just like you don't have to be doing this, right? Like, but you're thinking of this like as a holistic, you know, approach and really being a leader, like for these kids. And like you said, using that term of like it takes a village, like being part of that village and being like, hey, look, parents, you know, take some stuff stuff off your plate. Like I have the capacity and the energy to do this. Like you can hire me to do it. And I can help them and speak truth into them and you don't have to do it all. And probably I would think that kids probably listen to you a lot more than their parents. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but it's like, you know, it's like having a little bit more of that, you know, that village approach and not feeling like these parents have to do everything by themselves. Yeah, they definitely don't have to. And crazy enough, a lot of my families, the parents are business owners or they're in high positions of their companies. And I tell them, you don't teach your kid how to play softball. So if you outsource even just a little bit every now and then, it makes your life easier and you get to enjoy being the parent. Yeah. Like you don't have to be in charge of everything, especially with the kids. They want to break free of the shell anyway and do their own thing. So let's encourage them in a healthy manner. <laughs> Yeah. to do more and ask for more responsibility. Well, and I think I know for my clients that are parents and business owners, like that was such a wake up call for them during COVID of them having to like also teach their children. And like, you know, they're like, I'm not a teacher. Like I don't have a teaching degree or I don't know how to do this. You know, I look at, I mean, you know, Jackson third grade and I look at that and I'm like his homework and I'm like, he's doing algebra, you know, like, but I'm like, I forget, like, it's like, I have to remind myself, you know what I mean? I'm like, even multiplication facts. I mean, that sounds really silly, but it's just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you just have to, you have to change your way of thinking to do that. And it's like, that doesn't have to always be on the parent. Like, yes, you know, support them. And I'm, I'm actually curious about that. Cause I'm sure a lot of parents are curious, like what, at what point do you think that it's important that's that a parent is like, you know what? Hey, I, you know, need to seek a tutor for my child. Like, what do you, what are like the signs? What are things that you think is important? When is it, you know, the best time to do it? That is a wonderful question. And I really can't give you one answer only because it's based on the student. Yeah. Because you have some kids that are very much self-starters. They just need a little bit of assistance, a little boost, and they're good. They can run with it. Um, but then you also have students that need that tender love and care. They are used to people giving up on them or getting frustrated with them. And they need somebody that they know that's going to be there every week. That makes a huge difference. I even had one parent tell me one time because her daughter had, ooh, what was it? It was some type of processing disorder, if I remember correctly, because there are a lot more things that goes on with our kids in ADHD and ADD, yeah. for the record. <laughs> but the teachers would get overwhelmed with the fact they have a class of 25, so they couldn't give her attention, and they would get frustrated and be like, okay, just whatever. 
and leave. And so the student would, I guess, try to push me away so I wouldn't push her away. And I even told her one day, I was like, I'm not going anywhere. You're going to see me in two days and you're going to see me next week and I'm going to be here for you. So ask me the questions now and let's just get going. And that was probably two, three years ago. That student to this day will text me without even talking to her mom <laughs> and say she needs a session. So for a kid like that, knowing that I can call Miss Dominique or I can text her and I can get this fixed and figured out within a good time, then great. And then some students just need that weekly consistency. I've had some students I've seen for three and four years every week, every single week, unless it's a holiday, um, because they like having that security blanket. Yeah. And the parents know that I'm a security blanket and the kid gets more confident and they're seeing a change in their grades, their demeanor everything because if you're confident in one area it dissipates into other areas yeah that was something that you and I talked about offline like outside of this episode and that's that's I think really fascinating too is just noticing that you said that you know even if because you know you specifically focus on math and science but even if they're focusing on that they notice it in other areas so like because I was curious about that like as you know <laughs> Thinking, I mean, I was just thinking about in my past, like, you know, certain areas where I was stronger and I'm like, well, but what about, don't you need like more of like this, you need every single area, but it's like, if they're just focusing on one area and they build that confidence there, that translates over into these other areas, which is so like, again, translatable skills, right? It's like, I can now, okay, like I can solve this math problem, but now I also maybe believe that I can go and, you know, I don't know try out for the drama club or something, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be like all education, but it's like, they might have more confidence to have a conversation with somebody because they start to see like, oh, I'm capable. I can do this. I can trust myself. And even if it doesn't go well, like I can go out and come back in and like figure it out. So, and that's, I mean, learning that as a kid, wow. Cause this is the stuff that I'm doing with my clients, right? Like this is stuff that I'm teaching them, you know, we're talking about, we're going through it. I mean, we're all human. We all have things. I mean, this is stuff that I still have to learn, right? Like, I'm like, oh, wow, that wasn't great. I didn't do that, <laughs> you know, or I'm not believing in myself right now, you know? And like, these are all normal feelings. Um, but what I really hear and what you shared was just like you being that constant for people, for these students to come back to and you have, like, that is your job, right? Like, to show up for them. And, like, the parent, you know, might not be able to show up to teach them math. Like, and that, like, that being okay. Like, that you don't have to do that, too. Like, that's actually leadership, right? Is, like, letting other people help you. So what do you say about that when it comes to leadership? Because I think one of those misconceptions is thinking we have to do it all ourselves. So what do you, what do you have to say about that? Delegation. Delegation will change everything, outsourcing, whatever word you want to use is getting help in an area that you really hate <laughs> and you just want it off your plate because I, if you don't like admin work and you're spending a lot of time dreading doing admin work, then actually doing it and then hope you're doing it right, that's frustrating for anybody. But if you have somebody you can hire even for a couple of hours a week, to take care of that stuff, you just opened up so much more time and you have more space in your brain in general, <laughs> the brain capacity to focus on other stuff that 
really you should be focusing on instead of that, I guess, uh, tedious task. Because not everybody's a tedious task person. They just need it done so they can have it done. And so even as a parent, and if you have three kids and you know one kid can knock this out in a heartbeat and they don't mind doing it, then that's typically their main chore. So even as a parent, you're teaching the kids, okay, if you can handle this, let's go ahead and get it done. I know you're going to get it done faster and you will have your brother do this and your sister do that or whatever it may be. You work faster and more efficiently as a team if you delegate, delegate specific tasks to certain people or even automate the task. It's little things that you can do to just make everything run in a seamless manner, whether that's in your family, in your business, in your organization. Like, look for ways to make everything easier on you and the organization as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, the thing, the way that I like to think about that or what I'm hearing is like creating this like win-win, you know, and, and looking for what is, and I didn't even think about that when I was asking you this question, like this is interesting of like, you know, delegating within the household, which again, is like comes back to this idea of like leadership and then family dynamics. It's like, you know, I was thinking like, you know, them delegating and hiring you, right? Or hiring a tutor, right? To help with their kids. But you're also talking about delegating within the household of just thinking about like, hey, what is, you know, of the kids, like, which kid, like, loves to do this thing? You know, what thing do I like to do? What thing does the other person can do? And how can we also share the chores, you know, and that that's the thing that they get done really quickly. So let's have them, let's have them do that. Um, versus, like, you know, trying to get them to do something that they don't want to do, right? Like, which is the theme when it comes to business, you know, like, I mean, when I hired, that's like one of the things that I was really adamant about is like asking people, Hey, what are the things that you love to do? And what are the things that you do not like to do? Because, you know, when you love what you're doing, that makes a really big difference. <laughs> if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And there's more passion behind it. If you do what you love to do. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that like, we're going to love all of our chores, right? Like we still have to do them. Right. But you know, that's, I guess, part of that ownership, right? <laughs> so, so one of the things that I'm curious about, you know, the name of your book is the best leaders are in the pack. So tell me a little bit about this idea of like the pack mentality. You talked a little bit about it earlier, but I guess I'm kind of just cu curious about that in, in viewing that like at home. Um, what are some of the things that you think it's important to have this pack mentality when you're in the home? Okay, so within the home, I think about different families. So again, I like the three kids analogy just because it's easy. <laughs> if you have a family household, parents, three kids, and something happens, whether it's something detrimental, something small, whatever it may be, you guys are going to rally together and you're going to get the job done. So if that means cooking a specific dish, cleaning up the house, having people over, whatever the situation may be, you're a team during that time period. Everybody, if everybody puts in a little bit of work, then it, whatever's supposed to happen, happens and it happens in a more seamless manner. Um, for example, growing up, my sister was the cook. I did not want to cook. <laughs> but if we got a package or we got furniture, I was the person to put the furniture together. She never asked me to cook, and I, to this day, I still don't want her putting anything together. <laughs> so in our family, that was how we divided certain aspects based on our skill set. Mm -hmm. And so I like thinking about things in a pack because 
we all lean on one another. Whether we're related by blood or friends by choice, we create our own pack to a certain degree. And we have that friend we call when we need questions about one thing versus another we call about another topic. This exact same thing in the family. Mom is the person you go to for this, dad is the person you go to for that, or grandma, granddad, aunt, uncle, whoever it may be, but we're one unit. So I always see it as a pack mentality because if you're watching a nature movie and you see the animals move in packs, you can see how the babies are always in the center and you have the, typically it's guys at the front and the back, and then the women keep the kids going along, moving with the pack. And so I'm very, I'm a very visual person <laughs> and I love animals in general. Yeah. So watching that in real life, and it reminds you, we do that as humans with our families, our friends. Um, if you go out with certain friends, you're going to have that one friend that's going to watch out for everybody. Make sure everybody's where they're supposed to be. Somebody wanders off, they're going to know exactly where they went. <laughs> yeah. So that's just normal human instinct. Yeah. And that's not to say we're all animals, <laughs> but we behave in a lot of the same characteristic manners. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of my favorite books is women who run with wolves and she, Dr. Clarissa Estes Pinkola, I might have it here behind me, but one of the, I might be totally butchering her name, but she talks about um, the wolf pack a lot within mm-hmm. her, um, within her stories. They're like old stories and it's just, it's really good. I love it. But, um, you know, and, and I just love watching anything on like national geographic that like, you know, shows mm-hmm. these packs and how they function and like how they hunt and the things that they do. And you can learn a lot from that, you know, just seeing like, we all have these different temperaments and we all do things a little bit different. And, um, so yeah, I really get that with like this idea of like having a pack mentality. Cause I think that that's something that people say, but maybe, I mean, I don't know for me, like defining it of just being like, oh, like everyone's bringing something different to the table. Everybody has something different. So like, maybe there's someone in my household that does really like to do this, you know, <laughs> or, you know, and I don't like doing it. Like maybe, you know, there's someone or there, someone's doing something that I really actually enjoy doing. And it's getting to know yourself, right? And like, like speaking up, like we were talking about earlier, of just like, oh, hey, like this is something I really don't enjoy. Can you maybe help me with this? Or can we do this together? Or can we outsource this, delegate it, whatever? Um, you know, because even, I know I've had conversations with friends and they're just like, you know, oh my gosh, like we, you know, whether it's like cleaning the house, they're like arguing with their husband I got about getting the house clean. You know, and it's like, well, why don't you maybe time and energy wise, it just makes sense for you to hire someone to come clean the house. Like maybe you just do that. Like, you know, if, if, if both of you do not want to do it and you, if you don't enjoy it, like have someone come, you know, maybe that's worth it. Right. Um, but I think, you know, what you were talking about earlier is like, we have to always be thinking about these resources that we have, which are time, energy, and money. And they make a difference and they can influence things. Right. When we are thinking about like, Hey, look, I might have the time to do this, but I don't really want to spend my energy doing that. Then is it worth it for you to invest in it? Right. It doesn't, it's not always, do I have the money to do it? Because you might pull money from something else to be like, you know what, that's actually not worth it to me. But starting to recognize that 
Um, but I think it's a huge thing with what you were talking about with like business owners. And, you know, one of the things that I love about what I do is I have a flexible schedule, but you know, that can almost be bittersweet too, because I can be like, Oh, well, I can just do this. You know, I can go, I can take the whole day off, you know? Um, but it's like, you know, being able to look at like what is actually worth it to us, um, from a time energy and money standpoint, like, where do we want to invest that? And where is it important to, to do that? Where do we get, you know, even I think about this, like when we invest energy into something like that energizes us and like, that's a good mm -hmm. thing. But if we invest energy into something and it depletes us. So if you're trying to tutor your kid every Tuesday and that feels depleting and you guys end up fighting then perhaps mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a good mm -hmm. place to make an investment <laughs> with your money and then put your energy somewhere else and having a quality dinner with them talking about, you know, life and other things, you know? Yes. No, that is absolutely correct. Cause I can tell you on average, when a parent tries to do my job, <laughs> they spend three hours, an hour trying to learn the material and then an hour trying to teach the kid. And then they need an hour of decompression <laughs> because they're, that's not their thing. That's not what they want to do. Yeah. And you see that with parents, when they go to sporting events, there are certain sporting events, parents do not want to sit at. They don't want to be out in the rain. They don't want to be freezing. They have to look at everything. So it may be one parent is more so the sports parent. Other person is like, I'll be at all the theater shows you want me to be at. Anything that's indoors. <laughs> yeah. Divide and conquer. I love that. Yeah. So, so one of the things that we talked about with what you do is, this, is you taking this holistic approach and it's not like, you know, people just hire you to do the tutoring and then you just go tutor, but you actually provide a resource for people up front to support them. So obviously people can get your book um, and that you encourage the parent, parents to read that because that helps them, you know, talk about these leaderships with leadership skills with their kids. But the other thing is you provide a really great PDF document. And can you talk about that? Yes. So I have the book, but then I also have a shorter document um, that's talking about raising an optimistic child. Because I have parents that are constantly asking me, like, how do I understand this thing? Because they're in the midst of those crazy years of puberty and hormones. And they just want to know their kid better. And so this shorter document just gives them little tips. Like, we even discuss a lot of things that's on the document. Like, not being afraid to show their emotions to ask leading questions um, because you don't want to put your perception and your opinion on your kids. We want them to create their own, which is something that is critical in their critical thinking skills. Um, because a lot of people think, yeah, you will learn how to think critically in school. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but you learn a lot out of life. In general, just being around your family, you see things that you want to know more about, but some kids are afraid to speak up. So just ask them questions, like, tell me one good thing that happened today. Or, and when they tell you the scenario, ask them, how did they feel about that? What would they have done differently if it was to happen again? Like, just talk to them and let them speak freely without them feeling like you're going to get upset or you're going to discourage them for having whatever feelings that they have. And then as always, offering them solutions because there is no one way to do anything. Growing up, I always heard there's more than one way to skin a cat. 
which I never understood that phrase, <laughs> but it was, it was real. Like you yeah. can do the same job in 10 different ways, but you have to give your kids the tools to decide what's the best way to go about this situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that document I send to all my families and it's available to download. So I give it away just because it's something yeah. that any can benefit from. Yeah. I mean, like who doesn't want to raise an optimistic child? So it's like a great entry point. When you and I were talking about that, I was like, oh, I want to see this thing. So where can they download it? Okay. So I have the information. Well, I gave you the information so they can just text one word to a number and it'll send them the link directly. Oh, cool. Okay. So we'll put that all in the show notes. You guys can get that for free from her. Um, and then her book is on Amazon. The best leaders are in the pack. Um, and one thing I want to share, you know, as you were just saying this, I think it's an important takeaway in general is just like when you're talking about raising an optimistic child, talking about giving them space, right? Like allowing them to be critical thinkers and for them to like do the work, right. To kind of, you know, for them to figure it out. Right. I think that as parents, like, you know, perhaps we really like, we want to protect our kids and we want obviously them to do well. And like, you don't ever want them to get hurt and like, you know, all of the things. And so we might want to put our hands in more, right. <laughs> like than we actually need to. And, um, and, and I know like, you know, I experienced this with, with Jack, but I also experienced this in my business too. And I know like I have like failed, or I should say failed, but maybe learned a lesson from hiring people and then putting my hands in too much, like having too much input and doing too much work for them and not letting them figure it out. Right. So one of the things that I often think about is right. Like is the, this metaphor of riding a bike and how it's similar to leadership. And the idea being that you don't learn to ride a bike by reading a book. You know, you don't learn to um, ride a bike by someone telling you about it, right? Or listening to a podcast. Like, you got to actually get on the bicycle. And there's things that, you know, you can do that are like the training wheels that you can put on. So, you know, you can read this PDF that Dominique created, which is like raising up an optimistic child. That's like putting on the training wheels. Like, let me get some ideas and like get some, some support. And then, or it's like having the parent run behind you, you know, holding the bicycle for a little bit, you know, you don't have to do this alone. I think that comes back to this like pack mentality, but you do have to get on the bike. And so I think that that's the thing when it comes to leadership is like, you kind of have to make that choice and whether you're having to make the choice for the kid, because obviously, you know, you might be wanting to teach them leadership skills and you outsourcing tutoring or whatever it might be is you exhibiting those leadership skills for them. But I think that like you, if you think about that, riding the bike, it helps me a lot to just be like, okay, oh wait, no, this is up to me. It's no one else is going to do it. I have to make this decision. Um, and it doesn't mean that I have to crash and burn on the bike. I can put the training wheels on. I can get the parent that's going to run behind me and cheer me on. And I'm going to have to practice a few times and I might fall and get hurt. But guess what? You just get back up and you figure it out. And that's something that, I mean, there's another, someone else told me this one. It's like, you know, if you look at a baby when they're learning to walk, right, they crawl and then they start to walk. But does the baby ever like fall down? And then they're like, you know what? Walking is just not for me anymore. Like, <laughs> Babies don't do that, right? So be more like a baby, you know? 
<laughs> just keep on getting back up and doing the thing. But I think, you know, do you have anything to say about this like idea of just like, you know, making the choice to lead, whether it's in your family or at work? What do you, what are your thoughts on that? So you actually use the example that I typically use, which is a baby learning how to walk. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we've all seen it where the baby at first, they're not crawling. That's, they're just scooting maybe, or just rolling, which really scares me sometimes. <laughs> um, but they're just determined to get up and they're determined to move. They, they don't have fear. If you stop and think about it, Fear does not exist for a kid that's that young. They just go for it. And I always call it seven minutes of fearlessness. I'm like, if I can just suck it up and just go for it, <laughs> it's not even going to probably take me seven minutes, but it's like seven minutes of motivation to just get whatever I need to get done, done. Um, and fear holds us back all the time because we're all afraid of failing. Um, but it's okay to fail. Because guess what? Now you know what way not to do something. Yes. And I think that that like that's such a good point of just looking at it that way of just and like I like the seven minutes of just, you know, it's like not a baby sitting there like let me think more about how to walk properly. Right. But that's what we do. Or at least that's what I do. I'm an overthinker. Right. So like we overthink, we overanalyze, we, you know, what are all these these other things that we talk about perfect, right? that are actually just fear, right? It's fear, like I'm rationalizing why I shouldn't step out there. So it's like spotting that of like, what if I just, what if it was seven minutes, you know, of me just acting like a baby trying to walk, you know, I'm not overthinking it. I'm just getting up, holding on to something and like, you know, falling and then being like, okay, like that didn't work, what's next? So you have now more information. I think that that's something to really remember too, is like every step of the way, pun not intended, like you have <laughs> more, you know, you have more information to make a more, you know, a, a better informed decision. Right. And, and so, but you're not going to learn how to do that by sitting on the sidelines. You're going to do that by getting on the bicycle or trying to walk or doing the seven minutes of, of fear. Um, Oh my gosh, Dominique, this was such a great conversation. I feel like I could just talk to you all day, but is there any like closing thoughts that you want to share with anybody as it regards to, as it goes into like leadership, family dynamics, um, tutoring, anything that you want to share? So I always like to affirm my parents when they call me, because that is a big step for some of them, because they don't always want to ask for help and then to ask possibly a complete stranger because they don't know me. And I let them know you're doing great because for every parent that calls me in my mind, I have at least three that didn't. So you're taking a step towards something, whether that's using me, my company, buying a book, having a conversation with your kid, just go for it. Because if you don't go for it, you're going to have regret saying, why didn't I do that when I had the opportunity to do that? And there are some parents that call me, I don't even take them on as clients because I'm like, you have these resources. Let's go for these first. And then let's see how that works. And I'll check in with you and see if there's any other way I can help. Because to me, it's not about me taking anybody's money. It's about showing them that they have options and they can do whatever they think they can't do. And regardless, they're still a great parent because they actually pay attention to their kids and they care about them. And they're just not letting the days go by and barely speak. 
So as long as you're doing something, you're an awesome super parent. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. I love it. That's amazing, Dominique. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share this with us. I know that people are going to love this. Um, and like I said, you guys can get her book. Um, the best leaders are in the pack. I know, I think I showed the cover. If you can, if you're watching this on video, you can see the cover, although she did change the cover, there's more images. So just, if it looks different, you know, as long as it has her name, Dominique R. Benson, that is her name. That is her book. <laughs> um, but thank you again so much. And I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. If you want Dominique's PDF, Raising an Optimistic Child, then you definitely can check this out by texting the word family to 832-637-6691. Text family, F-A-M-I-L-Y to 832-637-6691. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you took some value from today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the inspiration on Instagram by following along at Wellwolf or visiting the website at wellwolf.com. I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. In the meantime, be well, be wild.